Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. I am here with Marina Afremoglu. She yeah. is joining us uh, from her retreat, Euphoria Retreat. I'm guessing that's where you are, or at least close by to that. Um, I'm not actually there. I'm in Athens, but, you know. Okay, you're joining us from <laughs> Athens, but you run the Euphoria yes. Retreat. I had to be in with, Athens for some business, yeah. Right, which yeah. is near Sparta in Greece. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, Marina, welcome. welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And hello to everybody. Right. And so uh, this, this show is called Big Human. I mean, I think there's, there's so many aspects of your story, which I think will be interesting to, to our listeners. I mean, what, what you're doing at the retreat, we'll, we can definitely get into, but also mm. your, your backstory. You were a banker, you're a cancer survivor, and, and obviously <laughs> you flipped it uh, to now be running this uh, retreat. I like, where do we start the story of, of Marina? <laughs> I'm all yours, so it's up to you. <laughs> You we can start backwards, or you know, we can start. We take, we can take it, you know, uh, chronologically. So it's totally up to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's 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 take you. Yeah. Let's take the story up to you becoming a banker. Set set okay. the scene. So, um, you know, I was a eight type personality, quite competitive. Um, a really good student, so it was um, easy for me to decide what I wanted to do. I did my studies um, both in Greece and in London, the London School of Economics. I studied, uh, I did two degrees, economics and then sociology, psychology joint major. Uh, and then uh, I went to do a master's in um, economics in the London School of Economics. So my career was setting that way. You know, my family is an entrepreneurial family. So not a lot of talk about uh, alternative therapies. It was more on the business world and the politics and in finance. So, you know, following that path and being the first of five children, you know, four girls and one boy, imagine that. So right. I went, uh, you know, I started uh, working at the, at the, the bank in Wall Street in New York. And then returned back home and uh, became the treasurer of, 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 of an investment back in Greece. So it was, uh, I was having fun with my career work and uh, quite stressed, but enjoying it. I was uh, quite young in my 20s. And then um, out of the blue, I had just gotten married like one year ago. Something was not feeling very well, you know. I was playing tennis and I didn't have enough energy and um, I was having a bump, a lump here. So I decided to go for, um, for a scan and to cut a long story short, they diagnosed me with um, a very aggressive uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. But at that time, I'm talking about early 90s, was quite deadly. <laughs> they gave me a 20-25% survival rate, mm-hmm. um, decided to go to New York to do chemo there. And they suggested experimental, a very toxic experimental chemotherapy. But uh, otherwise, I was in good health. So I decided to go for that, which was shorter. And for me, that was also important. And uh, my husband and myself and uh, for much of the time, my mother, we moved to New York where my two sisters were studying. And, you know, I, I went through this toxic chemo 
through a lot of uh, pain, but through, believe it or not, beautiful moments. Because I felt the love of everybody, of my family, of my friends. They would even come to Europe to visit, to New York to visit. I felt that uh, the I was always, you know, um, an open and, and 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 enjoying life. But that time I realized that how important it is to to be well and to live well. So let's say the juices, the the the. Um, the love of life was even more intense while I was doing human. And I remember I was doing chemo. So um, I still remember sometimes, you know, people walking by and I felt like, oh, my God, when I feel good again with my body, I'm so going to live it as much as I can. So and, and still, if you talk with my family, there is this uh, sweet and, and uh, sour moment. So it was not just a bad time. Uh, but it had um, of emotionally strong and uplifting, uplifting moments. Right. Yeah. And and the chemo itself. So it, it was it was it was successful. I mean, you described mm. it as toxic, but it it worked for you. Yeah, it was successful, and um, even from the first uh, chemo, the 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 lamb which was here. Uh, decreased by 50%. So I remember that even time when I vomited and um, uh, instead of uh, saying, oh my God, I feel so bad. I was like, okay, the bad cells are leaving my body. And I would, um, it was the first time that I got in tune with my inner healer, let's put it that way. And I would put my hands here and I would imagine um, the good cells, my T cells and my immune cells going after the bad cells. So um, that was, you know, when, when my father was calling from Greece and he was saying, uh, he was asking what, what, how I was feeling, I was trying to cheer him up. Um, so as I said before, uh, there was this strong moment. So it was not yeah. so bad. And how much do you ascribe your healing to the drugs versus what sounds like a very kind of empowering and, and positive attitude to, to your healing. It would be arrogant to say that, you know, I did it, not the drugs. Um, I believe uh, that it's always a combination, you know. Um, I believe, I even believe in miracles. And um, I believe that I really had the opportunity to go. My soul had decided to give me a, a huge test and I had the opportunity to go, but obviously I had the opportunity to stay. So I think it was a combination um, of drugs, of being taken care, but also of a positive attitude. And I think that the, the, the second part, the positive attitude and, and, and rejoicing about and, and feeling that I, I had the gift of life, was the gift of life was given to me again, was more important for the second part of not getting ill again. Okay. For, and, and that was... You know, that was a difficult part because when I left New York, um, the tumor was not there, but I was still 50-50 to get it back. And if I would get it back, then it would be a lot of chances that, you know, I won't make it. So at that time, I think the psychological and the emotional attitude was very, very important because it was not the drugs, but it was how I handled life um, from that moment. 
And, you know, and it's something that I want to say to other, you know, possible cancer people, people that are going or have been through cancer. That is, you know, the one thing is during the chemo, but even most importantly is afterwards. What do we do with our life? You know, for me, the hugest gift that um, cancer gave me is that I felt that there is a purpose. You know, that there's a reason why I'm still alive. And I had to explore that. It's not that, I'm, you know, anybody told me, you got sick because of that, or you have survived because of that. But that was a quest of life, and that made life even more interesting. So, um, and since then, a lot of people that have been through cancer have come, you know, for some advice. And this is the first thing that I would say. It is so important to find a purpose in your life and and. By doing so, by trying to find a purpose in your life, that's what makes life beautiful. Because life is both beautiful and both difficult. So, you know, and I knew that since I was quite young, because when I was 12 years old, I lost my sister. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was living a good life. But even at that time, I knew that life has difficulties. It's not not a golden cage or it's not... uh, but even even in difficult times, life can be beautiful. Right. Yeah. And so what was your sense of purpose during that period, during the, the, that period you were having chemo? Um, first of all, it was uh, to, it, it was not something concrete because I didn't know, but it was important to have, to have loving relationships with the people that surrounded me. So that was the first thing that at that time I could understand because I knew how much they were supporting me. And um, I felt that creating fruitful, uh, creating um, heart-opened and compassionate and um, sensitive human relationship is always a part of our life. Right. So that was what I had discovered then and afterwards I would, you know, there were other things that would come in, in, in my quest for uh, my journey of life, but creating and harmonious uh, human relationships are very important. Yeah. And I suppose there's evidence that you talked about your, your father calling you and you taking on to cheer him yes. up, right? So yes, you had purpose yes, and yes. meaning in those yeah. interactions. You were, it sounds to me like you weren't identifying as like the cancer victim struggling no, with cancer. No, no, you, no, no, you, you, not at th- all. Th- that seems to be important here. You, you were very much identified with this purpose of, of, of maintaining your loving relationships, which is very that, different. That is, that is a good point. I mean, and that's a, you know, a point we need to touch upon because a lot of people feel victim, you know, the victim of life, the victim of circumstances. And I was 29 years old, you know, and I was, you know, I had big chances of dying and I never felt a victim. I felt that there is a reason, even though I didn't know what was the reason, but I felt a victim. And I would remember putting a specific song by Roy Orbison and dancing, even when I was not feeling good. But, you know, um, and, and I'm a person, as I said before, I'm a competitive person, a type personality. So I, I tend to get angry. But at that time, um, the anger was only about whatever I had to do to get my treatment as well as, you know, as, as, you know, it was not about life. It was not anger about God. A lot of people have asked me, aren't you angry at God? But I was not. I felt that there is a higher wisdom, which I didn't know. But it suits my soul to believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. 
And now with what I know now, I know this is uh, um, the lesson of the metal element of the fall season, that everything happens for a reason. And there is there is divine providence and there is meaning in life. It's not just a haphazard sequence of events, but we aspire, we are here to give meanings to this haphazard uh, event uh, sequencing. Right. Right, and it's interesting because you talk on on the. I, I was reading on the Euphoria Retreat website, you know, this concept right. of the, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. And I just reflecting on your description there, you you have this spiritual idea that this is a test, and um, and you're making meaning of it in terms of of maintaining these relationships. At emotional level, you're sort of feeling some joy as the bad cells leave, and the and you know, yeah. yeah. So it seems like you're kind of tuned in on all three levels, and then clearly you're giving yourself whatever you need physically to go through the process. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying, the meaning of life is a spiritual aspect, you know, and accepting what happens is a spiritual aspect. The emotional is maintaining harmonious relationship with ourselves, right. with, okay. with first of all, and you know, with with the surrounding and the physical aspect is doing whatever it takes. You know, I remember having a conversation with my aunt and, you know, she had cancer and she died for cancer. And I was saying that I was willing to do whatever it takes. If they needed to hang me opposite, upside down, I would do it. So that is the physical aspect. And then the physical aspect is also very important afterwards, as I said before, like the spiritual and emotional. And, and one of the reasons why I'm here is because after chemo, I had to find ways to detox myself. You know, I've got so much chemo and I wanted to. And uh, how do you say recharge my immune system? So this is when I started uh, checking out places that they were offering detoxes uh, from juice fasting to raw food to, you know, I've tested everything. <laughs> um, part of my routine while I was still a banker was to detox myself. And in detox, okay. yeah, yeah. So even uh, you know, and going by chronological, it's it's quite interesting because a lot of people think that after chemo, after the cancer, I left the banking world, but it didn't happen that way. Um, six months out of chemo, with with the, the hair like this, we started, and I'm saying, you know, my two partners and myself. We started um, a small investment banking firm, which turned to be the success stories of the 90s in Greece. So that was, again, myself of, you know, finding, wanting to live life at the fullest. And instead of worrying whether in my checkup I'll have cancer again, I wanted to do something that I felt passionate at that time was banking, <laughs> which I felt passionate. It was my own business and we started, you know, I was, Less than thirty, and we started my, our own our own firm. So, wow. you know, and I couldn't have babies at that time because of of what I've been through. But Telesis was my baby then, so it was you know it was passionate, it was interesting, it, and it 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 had its reason. So, uh, you know, to to and while I was a banker. I was doing my meditation. I was uh, doing my detoxes. I was going to places like that, meeting spiritual people. And this slowly, was all slowly... after after you'd done the first chemo. This is, this, this right. was in the nineties after I got the first chemo. Before right. before I you know I thought about creating Euphoria, but I was a different banker. And even yeah, as what a did bank... your banker banker friends think of you? Like the the, the hippie friend? Did you become? 
You know, I didn't care. <laughs> so much. Good for you. Uh, I didn't even dress, you know, the banking. I was dressed much more colorful than the other bankers. I mean, I was in green, so I was not, I, I had a much more, you know, it was easier. And I was a very young woman among, you know, these bankers. But, you know, uh, what we did uh, convinced them. And uh, also, we did a lot of socially responsible things in our bank. You know, we we had a target that 10% of our profits would go to good causes. So even then, we did that. And we gave shares to our employees. And uh, so it was um, um, an investment bank which was much more progressive than its time. Right, yeah. I'm an investment bank with soul. <laughs> never expected <laughs> to say that sentence. There we go. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, so that, so, you, so you're doing your juicing. So, yeah, what, what were the things that you found that worked from a detox perspective? Because there, you know, there'll be people with corporate, poor, poor, corporate careers listening to this. You know, maybe thinking about detoxing. What, yeah, what did you find worked? At that time, I said I tried a lot of detoxing. I mean, I did some juice fasting. I did raw food. I think, but these were not things that I could sustain in my daily life. So. I think that if you do like twice a, twice a year, um, a three-day uh, intense detox, it works. But that cannot be a way of life. And then what was important is to find what would be a way of life, a daily way of life. So you need this intense, intense detoxes if you can take it and if you're young enough. Now I wouldn't do it because um, it has created issues. It, cre- um, um, it created issues with the, the insulin resistance, you know, metabolic syndrome. You know, with doing all these de- detoxes and not taking appropriate, uh, not being so careful about my weight, um, I have now metabolic syndrome, which is uh, when you're doing excesses like that. And I was doing a lot of my cure. So now I believe in a much more, um, a much more balanced way of eating. Um, I'm not a vegan, but I don't eat a lot of meat. I avoid meat, but it's not that I'm vegan. And I think that extremes don't work long term. Um, if you, as I said, do a three-day detox, juice fasting, yes. I mean, you can do that twice a year, not in the winter, because the winter, you know, the juices are cold energy. So you have to do it when the sun is there. Um, and I'm talking in terms of Chinese medicine perspective. But um, creating a balanced, uh, balanced meals, carbs, uh, proteins, and, and fat. I think long-term, this is the way to go and it's sustainable. Right. And then doing some more intense when you feel that you can. Okay. Um, um, and some people will hear that and they think, well, maybe I already have a balanced, you know, diet. What, what does yeah. that mean? Like specifically, what does that tend to mean you, you focus on? Um, um, it, it tends to have, um, um, you know, not to leave your, your, um, your metabolism without food for long times, except if you if you're doing the um, you know the you're taking the ten, the twelve, or the sixteen maximum hours, you know that that may work. But during the day, it's not it's not good to live three hours from five, four hours from the one meal to the other because the insulin spikes. So you have to have. I mean, for example, I love fruits, but now I don't eat fruits alone. I eat fruits with uh, with nuts, you know, okay. carbs and proteins and fats. 
or I will eat fruits with some yogurt or with some uh, almond milk. I'm trying to balance. That's what I'm saying, balance. You know, have all these types, even in small snacks during the day. And, and this is what we aspire at Euphoria. You know, we yeah, have this uh, um, homeostatic way of eating, creating balance through the day. Homeostatic. So, oh, so and part of that is avoiding these insulin spikes. Exactly. And, you know, working as a banker, you do or at a corporate work, you have the insulin because of the way, you know, you have the adrenaline kicks. So you have to have the food balance because your life is full of adrenaline. If your food does not support that and you, you know, do these spikes, it, it, it makes a havoc in right, your organism. Right. right. And then what's your perspective on, on processed is, food? Sorry, go on. So, no, no. And this is, you know, this is what we we do at Euphoria. And we have people that uh, have done juice fasting or have done the Meyer cool, which is good for some time. And they come and they eat a lot. And in the beginning, they're surprised and say, oh, I didn't have so many carbs. But then they feel much better. And, you know, the, their, their insulin and their cortisol, their cortisol um, gradually falls, which is very, very important for a long-term uh, approach to health. Right. And, and that's presumably because they're not, they're not stressing the body by fasting or, or depriving of yes. particular nutrients. Yes. And yes. especially when yes. I suppose that's the thing, if you've already got a stressful lifestyle to then stress the system through diet. I mean, and, and, and we've, we've seen cases like that and, and I've done it to myself. You know, I was saying I was going for juice fasting and it, it felt good, but then, Slowly, slowly, it in you know it in, in it created this uh, metabolic uh, imbalance. Right, right. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So the question I had was, um, do you what? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of critique out there about processed food, like not eating too many too many breads or anything that's overly processed, trying to keep to to whole foods. Is that is that a focus or is that something you don't? For worry sure. Much about? I mean. I mean, it is important to cook. It is important to cook your own meal. And I think that one thing, uh, one good thing that happened through COVID, through the lockdowns, is that a lot of people started cooking. So, you know, I always read the labels because the labels... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> sorry. Right. Okay, so read the labels for definitely processed food and ready-made food is not good. I mean, we all know that. Sometimes we have to eat some processed food, but at least have at least one or uh, at least one, uh, ideally two, um, cooked meal during the day. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, and so well, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think this idea of homeostasis is something I've come to because I think I've become, you know, when I've worked yeah. on my own health, I've become sometimes a little too obsessive, right? This is the thing. This is the thing I must yeah. do. And, you know, maybe I need to, you know, and I've done juice fasting and raw food and all of that stuff. But um, this idea of like of focusing on reduced stress and that being like one of the main focuses, I think is a really powerful one. Yes. And as I said, again, we should work in three levels. Physical, yeah. emotional, and spiritual. And spiritual is a driving force. Ancient Greeks, um, in the, have you heard of the Asclepia? Asclepia. Asclepia. No. Yeah, the, the god of medicine, Asclepius. 
No, not okay. That yeah. was the uh, that was the father of medicine uh, together with Hippocrates in ancient Greece, and we had okay. this Asclepia was uh, the spas of the ancient times. So these were places in a beautiful place, you know, in in greens, in the, usually in pine forest, not near the sea, but in some kind of elevation, and uh, people would go there, would. Um, start uh, eating well, start taking baths because the cleansing power of water is very, very important. They, sh- they would exercise. So that was part of their regime, the ancient Greek um, healthy regime. But most importantly, and this is what I wanted to refer to the spiritual aspect, they were uh, coached by the priest of Asclepius and they would help them find what is wrong in their life what is wrong in their spiritual life you know um, don't they have uh, do they have uh, loving relationships do they have uh, a socially responsible life so the most important uh, the, the a very important part of their healing was to find the spiritual meaning in their life and after they've done that sorry and after they've done that then they would go to to do the, the serious healing in in in, in uh, you know getting um, maybe some kind of operations and things like that, and I consider Euphoria Retreat a modern Asclepium. So it's it's it it's, it it really helps people find in a sublime way to find why they are here and how they can serve themselves and the, and the world around us. And now with with the with the climate crisis, that is so you know it has it has it is teaching us that we cannot live just for ourselves. We are a part of nature. We are a part of the planet. So we cannot think as individuals. We have to think as part of the whole system. And that is a spiritual way of looking into life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. And when you think, even when you, people hear of the. The, the term retreat, they tend to think about, you know, massages and, you know, salads. Right? <laughs> They're not thinking about spiritual meaning. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the good thing about euphoria. It works in all level and it works in a way which is not deterrent. I mean, you don't come here to do just fasting, which a lot of people don't like. You don't come here just to exercise. You don't just come here, you know, just to talk about the meaning of life. It's all there. But it happens happens in, we can say that, in a luxury holiday, and it works on on you on levels that you you understand uh, while you're there and many times when you left that something was going on there. And this is is the, you know, the the belief, the ancient Greeks believed that everything goes and everything has to be in moderation. So, you know, no extremes. Even alcohol, we can serve alcohol. So if you if you deprive yourself of life, if you deprive yourself of people around you, if you de- if you coerce yourself into doing, you know, five hours meditation or yoga or uh, gym a day, that is not a balanced way of eating. And you may have six packs, but where is your soul? Yes. Where are your relationships? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, so that's what we are trying to teach people. And, you know, for me, that's the joy of creating euphoria that what I've learned through hard times and through fun times, I'm trying to share. And also I'm not trying to impose it. I'm trying to inspire. That's why yeah. our motto is your life, your journey, which means that we, you know, 
we respect what is your life and what journey do you want to you want to take it's your decision it's you know again the ancient uh, ancient greeks principle of democracy it's for you to choose and it's for you to do what you want to do uh but let's not forget that with freedom there is responsibility so um, we are trying to 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 ignite the healer inside of it at, uh, anyone in any one of us and it's an opposite way of 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 uh, approaching spirituality than the eastern way because the eastern way because most eastern societies are not democratic are very very hierarchical societies they talk about the guru so you have to find your spiritual salvation through the guru you have to obey the the guru you have to obey some very hard discipline both in buddhism and hinduism and then you can be saved but this way of spirituality is not akin to the western mind let's not forget that the the cradle of the western civilization in ancient greek civilization an ancient greek civilization was about freedom of choice democracy and responsibility so what we are trying to do is bring this type of spirituality is let's say down to earth spirituality it's what you said a banker with a soul who said that the banker cannot have a spiritual life at some point but it's not that you want a spiritual if you go to an ashram if you do headstands the whole day or you meditate spiritual is the way you approach life the way you open up to the life's possibility and you're open up to explore and you're open up to connect and and uh, give back right right and i love what you say there about well i mean first of all i love that that framing of of western spirituality and i hadn't mm. considered that distinction and and you're right that's often let's, let's the weakness let's create a movement about that yeah 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 of the <laughs> yeah that is often a flaw perhaps in the eastern approaches is the is the focus on yes. the guru uh, yeah you know I'm, i mean i've studied chinese medicine and i do i'm doing yoga for more than 20 years and i love that but at some point it doesn't you know it creates our like two extreme hippies yeah 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 no Or, that makes sense you know you cannot live a normal daily life right right i suppose when i think about that though the west in, in some ways has fall, has fallen into that trap with the with christianity and 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 our access especially catholicism our access to god through the through the through the priest uh to a lesser extent with protestantism but we still have that conduit between us and you know spirit in exactly. some of the western I mean, traditions I mean, historically if you see what happened and why we had to go to eastern spirituality i mean um you had the the almighty priest and the almighty catholic church and to a lesser extent as you said protestant um orthodox greek or eastern eastern orthodox was a little bit fear but still you had that that thing so people were alienated from church and alienated from spirituality and in the 60s thank god we had the beatles and you know they created all this uh flower power movement and going to the maharaji and you know going to india and it was very very important for the development of the world to have this interaction of the east meet west so they went there and they tried to find spirituality because they could not find in, in churches and then as we said some you know that 
worked at some level, but at some level didn't work either through drugs or through this, you know, this guru type of spirituality that Eastern spirituality advocates. So we are here, um, uh, you know, we've tested that and we have to bring this world together, but we have to know what is the soul of the Western people. You know, the soul, it's, it's very difficult to go to one place and be told that what you have to do from morning to night. You can do that for a short term, but then you you will react. So we have to find something that works. And these values that we talk for are much more uh, akin to the Western soul than the Eastern spirituality. Right. Yeah. And I, and I hadn't considered that and made that link between the ancient Greek culture before. But yeah, that's uh, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, and what is such a the, the second cancer diagnosis? Am I right? So you, you, you recovered from the first and then there was another? Yeah, okay. So let's, yeah, let's know, go let's back. Go back I, I'm just interested in that part of the story. Okay, let's go back chronologically. So we're, we're still going on a, a different banker, do the detoxes and all that. And uh, in 1999, I, you know, I still got overworked and it was the, the heydays of the, of, the, of the stock market. And I go to... A spa, another spa in Golden Door. And, you know, lights up and I said, oh, that's what I want to do next. You know, so I started imagining myself, you know, because I knew that banking was just, uh, I knew that this was not my purpose. But it was there that I realized that that's what I want to do next and find a way to do it, which is authentic to my heritage. You know, but at that time I was still a banker, you know. Uh, I started doing more, you know, I started doing daily yoga and meditation. So even more of a different banker. And because I had, I set my intention straight, two years after that, we sell the bank. And the moment, uh, you know, I remember that, uh, I mean, I was the CEO and the president, I was doing the announcement and we had gathered all, a lot of, of our employees and I was talking. And I started, I started crying and I was, you know, because I knew that that was the end, you know, for yeah. me, it was something that I would choose, but still. So um, a couple of years, I stayed on the bank that bought us. And then I started, I, uh, I kept a relationship, a consultant relationship with the bank. And then I started traveling all over the world because I didn't want to go straight from a banker to creating a healing center because the energy wouldn't match. I have first to work for myself and De I knew bankify yourself. Yeah. I mean, I was too much young, you know, too much, you know, I had to find, you know, some equilibrium. So I had the opportunity to travel. I had the opportunity to study with, uh, with most amazing teachers, all the well, all the known names uh, out there. Um, I still at that time was looking for my guru. You know, I felt this notion that I have now to find my guru, you know, who's going to save me, who's going to make the open, open the doors for me to be enlightened. <laughs> and in the beginning, it was a big, big disappointment because in the banking world, yes, I knew that there was competition. I knew that there was, uh, um, you know, um, let's say, a lot of um, egos and a lot of arrogance. But I discovered, and that was a shock to me, that in the spiritual world or in the healing world, there's so much competition and there is so much arrogance 
spiritual arrogance in another way. I mean, I remember the, that my father was saying that the worst type of fanaticism is religious fanaticism. So in the beginning, I was, uh, you know, everybody snubbed me because I had money and I was, a, and I was an ex-banker. But it was good for my personality because I had to go through that. I... So it was okay. And I discovered, you know, studying here and there, I went to, to India, I went to Thailand, I went to the States, to, you know, all over, world, all over the world. Um, and uh, slowly discovering that we are our own healers and we have to find our path. So I started uh, studying various energy medicines. And then I dwelt on the five elements, which was fascinating. It was, it was uh, the point of... Uh, of where three main civilizations would conjure Indian with Ayurveda and the, the elements of Ayurveda, Chinese and ancient Greek. So I got really fascinated with the five elements, which is a really four or five elements. It doesn't really make a difference, but it is a holistic way which really aligns body, mind and soul. So I studied Chinese medicine and I kept on digging deeper into Greek philosophy to understand more of what was happening there. And um, it was at that time that I met uh, my dear friend and spiritual mentor of Euphoria Retreat, Mary Van Doru. And um, after a while, we, so we said, let's, let's, let's teach together. I was already teaching energy medicine, but let's teach together. So we combined her. She's, she's an amazing psychic. She's an amazing visionary. She, uh, she can... Uh, she sees words that we cannot imagine, but they are so beautiful and that they are up there. So, and she has lived that, that way in her life. And so, you know, she was doing Zen meditation. She was a dancer. So totally different background than me. And we created our own uh, workshops alone. And this was basically self-awareness through the five elements. And uh, that is the basis. Sorry, self what through the five elements. Self awareness through the five yeah. elements. Yeah. So it, it was it was um, personal development, but also energetic development, you know, and healing and all that. So we created these lines of, of retreats. We did them in various parts uh, of uh, Greece, mostly, and, and some uh, abroad. And that was the basis of uh, what happened. What is, we now call Euphoria Methodos. And so while doing all that, I have um, and doing um, a regular checkup. I found out that I had uh, that I had um, issues with my breast. <laughs> and yeah, and now I did I did the biopsy and I was diagnosed with uh, uh, a non-aggressive form of uh, breast cancer. And at that time, uh, that was back in 2011. Um, at that time, so 10 years now, and at that time, actually this time of the year, 10 years ago, at that time, I, all what I've studied, all what I've done, I had to test it. Will I go the medical way, which was suggesting that I had to do, to do radiation and some form of uh, chemotherapy, not in a very aggressive one, or can I ignore everything? And, you know, do it, do it the alternative ways. And it was a tough time, you know, because we were working energetically. We were working energetically. I say we, Mary and myself, 
and you know, with other people, so with other people also I knew, were working to to heal it energetically. Um, at some point, three or months after, I did another biopsy, but it was still the same diagnosis. Um, and I, you know, thank God I had time. It was not like the first time that I had to really start doing. It. So I had time to decide that. And at that time, um, through a meditation with Mary, I got a very, very defined moment. And uh, my my teacher, um, it, it was a picture. Like, you know, we have two bugs. The one bug is a fear and the other is faith. And the question I was asking is, can I not do anything? And uh, of course, I wasn't getting an answer. We, you know, we, we don't get answers like that. But uh, they showed me this image that as long as the, the bug of fear, you know, the, the, this sack of fear is getting less and the bug of faith is, is, is uh, getting fuller, yes, I can, you know, I can go my, my, the alternative way. And I was very anxious, and I was said, "When that is going to happen?" <laughs> <laughs> Give me an answer. <laughs> yeah, of course, I didn't get an answer, but the answer was that you will know. And you know, so I was working and working and not working, and then um, I had um, there was um, My my sister-in-law and my niece of three years old got uh, got caught in a fire, and uh, my little niece was in intensive care, and you know we didn't know whether she's gonna survive it or not, um, and of course, I stopped caring about myself. I mean, you know, all my dilemmas it was not relevant, and I opened my heart to be there for my family, for my, you know, for my brother's family, you know, going every day to the, to the hospital and all that. And uh, so what we say sometimes, my, my heart broke open. Right. And, uh, you know, and um, when all that finished, um, it, it, the work that I had to do, I had done it yeah. in some ways. And um, I also have to say that at the same time, because I was not willing to do radiation, but I was willing to do, to do a further uh, operation and even mastectomy, because I felt that my body could, could deal with mastectomy could deal with an operation, but not with the chemo and the radiation. And um, through another meditation, I was guided to go to a, see a, a doctor, a Western doctor. And I go there and say, you know, this is the case. I don't want to do chemo. I don't want to do that. Um, but I'm willing to do mastectomy. And he said, don't rush. We will do another operation. We will clean a big part. And if it's, you know, and we decide after that. And you know we did that, and they didn't they didn't find cancer, and that was it. At that time, mm. I felt that the bug of fear was gone, 
Yeah. Uh, I was able to believe in miracles, like what happened with my niece, who's uh, who's a beautiful 13 years old uh, uh, adolescent right now. Um, and um, and I was uh, I was uh, able to do what my body felt, but without the fear. And I have to say that this is not an advice for anybody. Because as I say, this was a long process. It took me more than six months and I had to do a lot of work. And, you know, sometimes we have to to do with the Western, you know, I had to do, I did another operation. So there is no, there's not one recipe for everybody. We really have to tune to, to ourselves to find what is the true answer for us. And, you know. Yeah. What a powerful story. Um, yeah. But what I, yeah. one of the things I'm left with is, oh, and, and of course, wonderful that your, you know, your niece made it. I mean, yeah. 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 Um, but one thing I'm struck with there is you, there's a level there where you put, you put, it says you, you stayed attuned to this spiritual journey in this, right? You kept going with the meditation. You kept mm. in that inquiry. And even if that inquiry was saying, right, there's, we can't give you an answer now, you stayed with it. Yes. I mean, yes, I, I, I really believe into that. I mean, I really believe that um, there is um, life after death and there are, um, there is, I mean, you can call it God or whatever. It doesn't, I mean, but there is something more un- than the, the material world we see. I mean, it's not a matter of believing, it's knowing. I really know that, you know, it's, it's beyond belief. And I trust that. And I trust, but at the same time, I trust that we are responsible. So it's not that we will, um, you know, we have to do our work. Yeah say we have to do our more whether it's physical to taking care of our health whether it's emotional having the relationship we need whether it's spiritual most importantly but we have to do our work and sometimes yes miracle happens for a reason we don't know but in any case we have to be you know to act the best to be responsible for our life yeah I think that I, yeah, I think that's so true. And that's certainly been my experience of these alternative modalities, right? That it's, you got, you got to commit and you got to do the work and it's ongoing work. It's a commitment to a new lifestyle, a new orientation to life. Like people might listen to this and it might sound far fetched or miraculous, but, but really these are just outcomes of working in this way, but it is working in this way. You, you've got it to commit to it. It is working and it's still working. I mean, and, and, you know, it's about crushing the illusion that you are there. You're never there. Maybe, hopefully, when we die, we will be there. But, you know, I'm not enlightened and I won't be, I mean, that, that's a hard work. So you're never there. You have to be, and even Christ was tempted. You know, the last moment he said when he was in, uh, he said to, to, to his father, Please take this uh, uh, this um, how do we say in English this difficult part out of me. So he chickened out the last moment, but because you know we're not there, so we we're a work in progress, and that's the beauty of it. So yeah, 
yeah it's every day every day uh yeah and it doesn't and that's that might sound like a grind but it's certainly my experience you know there's this idea that um first of all you know we we seek uh to master these things right we seek to master let's say meditation or yoga or um uh, a healthy diet or whatever it is but in the end they master us that's what I found it's like yes I get called to do these things and it still work but yeah. I you know I get called to go and practice yoga or do the meditation or yeah cleanse and it's some okay way. if we if for sometimes we don't do it I mean yeah exactly I'm, 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 yeah there's so much we've transferred the way we think about um about other things, about work and other things, we've transferred to the spirituality and to the, this practice, you know, that we have to meditate every day. Yes, it's good to meditate every day, but we cannot beat ourselves if we don't. You know, that's what I'm saying. I'm against beating ourselves for not being enough because that is the opposite of being a victim. When you are not enough, when you feel that you haven't done enough, then the next thing is that you are the victim. So being okay with who you are what you're doing at each moment and feeling that this is okay, that is a very important spiritual practice per se. And that doesn't mean that you don't want to get better, but you don't want to get better in terms of in the mind, but in your heart. What do I mean by that? You have to be guided with your heart, not your mind that says, I have to do, you know, I have to to do yoga every day. I have to run every day i have to jog every day i have to whatever it is your heart that tells you at that point what is good for you and what is good for you is unique to you i mean and again this is what we're trying to to help people find that what is unique for them so to be lenient you know our society is not a lenient society we're not lenient with the children we're not lenient with our family we're not lenient and first of all with ourselves so it is important to, to be lenient, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so true. Being, being lenient doesn't mean that you don't try. It's being yes. lenient. It's yeah, feeling it's okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Because, and that's the, that for me is where the sustainability lies, right? Mm. It, it's because as soon as, certainly my experience, as soon as I, I tell myself I have to, you know, go to the gym six times a week or go to yoga. You know, as soon as I'm yeah. in that mindset with the head trying to dominate yeah. the body, you know, it's, it's not going to last. But if yes. I can come from like, what do I need right now? Like, what, what yeah. would nurture me right now? Like, and, and maybe what it is going an ice cream. Yeah, maybe it's eat an ice cream. Or maybe yes. it is go work out. Or maybe it is meditate, right? Like, and yeah, and just keep that to me is the, is a big part of the work finding that ability yeah. to tune in to our our needs right yeah. yeah i'm so happy that we are we are in the same line of thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well I, I suppose what's interesting is i also come from a corporate background and that is so much dominated by like the 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 cognitive like top down do this do this achieve that you know mm-hmm. meet this metric meet this target you know and 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 it's uh, it takes a, certainly for me. It took a lot of unwinding, right, of of that sort of way of being in the world. That's why I told you I, I couldn't do it. You know, uh, when we sold the business, we couldn't do it right away because the energy wouldn't be there. I have to go deep, and it's interesting that it took me 
so much time and so much effort. Uh, the banking thing was so much easier than, than opening up Euphoria. And then we opened Euphoria in 2018 and the COVID happens one year and a half after. So again, another test. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was that young Euphoria. Yeah. So it's uh, only yeah. a few years old. Three years old, then which we work like <laughs> something like two because of lockdown. Right, yes. right, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, talk a bit more about the the, the five elements. So it's not something I'm particularly f- familiar with, but it sounds like that's like the centerpiece of, or, or like a big part of what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated with five elements. I can talk forever and ever, but basically it is how we tune into the energy of the seasons. So, and, you know, to give you a, a very small brief description, we start from the winter. You know, winter is cold. You know, we pack ourselves. It's it's like the little seed is in in in, uh, in the earth, down in the earth, and it's cold. It's dark, and it waits for something to happen. So this is the energy of the winter. The energy of the winter is that, and it has to do with survival. You know, because the winter is much more difficult to survive when we didn't have this this our houses and all that. So it has to do with fear. It has to do with the season, with an emotion, and with the spiritual aspect. So the physical body, it is sustaining energy. It is preserving energy in the kidneys and in the bladder, which are the organs of the body that deal with the, with the fluids, with the water, yin and yang. And in the emotional is fear. And um, the way we work, it is it is... Fear is a low frequency energy. We don't talk about negative energies. We talk about low low frequency. So we have to bring the middle frequencies. The middle frequencies of water is, is tranquility, is calmness, is peacefulness in the face of fear. So it's not that we cannot have fear in our life because fear is part of our life, our life human existence, but is being in the face of fear with calmness. And with a strong will, you know, because we need a strong will in water time. We need the will to survive. And when we do that, we open to the higher uh, qualities of, 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 of water, which is wisdom. So, again, three levels. And we move from the water uh, to the little bath which was there, and we go to spring, which is, wow, you know, it's, we become... These beautiful trees, we blossom and we have this upward energy. This is the growth energy. So it relates with the body, with the organs that uh, manage, which are the, the manage, it's, it's the, the liver and the gallbladder, which the manage the growth, which the manage the, 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 the liver manage uh, blood. So it has to do with movement and upwards movement. And in in the in the uh, uh, in terms of emotional thing, what would you say? You know, if you want to grow, you want to become this big tree, and there is an obstacle in front. What would be your emotion there? Uh, frustration or anger? Yeah. Okay, anger, and then frustration. You know, that's interesting. The Greeks would say anger. And then frustration. The Brits would say frustration and then anger. <laughs> and what do I mean by that? <laughs> because true. in our culture, it's okay to express the anger. Yeah, that's so true. Because frustration is when we haven't expressed the anger and we are stuck with this bloody obstacle in front of us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so 
anger is, is, is the first emotion. And anger is an upward moving energy. So anger can be good. And I'm not saying that we have to be, you know, that we need to express it. But anger is a force that will help lift the, the stone in front of us and will help whatever we have hindrances in our growth, you know, that will help us move them. If we don't do that, then we get frustrated. But in order to be able to move the obstacles, we have to have the flexibility, which is the middle level frequencies of, of, uh, of spring, of, of wood or air, according to the, the ancient Greeks. So we have to have flexibility. You know, we have first to go like that. And we have to have um, the willingness to share with others. This is part of wood. And when we do that, we open up to the higher qualities, which is kindness and generosity. And if we are in our in, if we think that we are on track of what we want to create in life, and uh, we feel that we want to share, we want to share what we have discovered. We want to talk about it. We want to inspire others. Um, for me, creating euphoria needed a lot of my good energy because I wanted to share what I've been through. And while I'm doing that, and I'm and I'm feeling able to feel to 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 share, I feel kind and generous. Right. Yeah. And is that, so is that is in, in the kind and the generous and the, is that, is that, are we in fire now or is that still within? No, no, no still wood. So still, still wood. wood. So we've gone from water and that, that sense of winter. and Fire is the orgasmic energy of summer. You know, it's like, woo, okay, everything is heightened up. It's like that moment, you know, the moment of orgasm. It's, it's not a process. It is becoming one, you know, because fire unites us. So everything is intense. The fear we have found in water becomes rage. The, the, no, no, sorry. The fear becomes panic. The, the, the anger becomes rage, you know, becomes fiery. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very intense. Fire, uh, fire, the summer. Imagine heat in the Greek summer. It's very intense. So everything is, is quite intense. Um, and as I said, in the body, it has to do with the heart. Right. So we're moving up now. Yeah. We're in the heart, in the yes. f- in the fire yes. element. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Fart, heart, and a small intestine. The small intestine is is our we say with the gut feeling, our intuition, the second brain. So these two have to work together. They have to work together. The the intuition, the gut feeling, and the heart. So. Um, and too much heat is good for the, is bad for the heart, you know, so we have to calm the heat down. So in terms of emotions, as I said, it has rage, it has violence, panic. And then here we need to open up to the middle frequencies, which is, um, gratitude, you know, whatever happens, I'm okay with that. And gratitude can lead to forgiveness to be able to open up to the spiritual meaning of fire, which is, as we said, the oneness, but also is love, is compassion, is uh, unison, is that, you know, so from kindness and generosity, which open up the, the spectrum, uh, um, our bodies to move into love and to, to union. Okay. And then we move to, in Greece, it's and in, in, in the UK, it's still, it's, it's still, this is the time of the earth, the Indian summer. So everything mm. subsides. It's, you know, the heat, 
you know, we have this September, uh, beautiful, uh, still not warm, not too much warm, not too much cold. So it is the harvest time. It is the season of the earth element. And it has, we are called to digest what has happened to the previous seasons. So we uh, are talking about the digestive system, stomach, spleen, and pancreas. And we have, and the pancreas is, is, has, it has to do with uh, giving us the sense of life is sweet. So from, you know, the pancreas has to do with, with the sweetness. So if we have a good, healthy digestive system, then we can feel that life is sweet. From the passion of fire, now we go to contentment, to it's okay, you know, everything is okay. I take my time, you know, I invite people for a lunch or for a dinner and we talk over and we share experiences. And for those of us that still in my generation, we would print up the photos of the summer and we would open the photos, you know, and we were so such an excitement to open the photos. And, you know, we would share our experiences. We take our time. So this is the, 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 you know, the grounding, balancing energy of earth. And if this hasn't happened and we said, oh, my God, I should have gone to Greece and not Italy. I should have gone to, you know, I haven't called my mother enough. And I should have done and that and that, the monkey mind and the doubts. And, uh, you know, all these are lower frequencies of earth. Anxiety, um, doubt, shame. Oh, I'm, I'm ashamed that I didn't do that. You know, all that. This is the lower frequencies. And as I said before, we have to bring in the acceptance of, and that everything goes, that um, small is enough, plenty, enough is plenty. You know, this is the sense of earth to open up to the higher frequencies, which is abundance, which is altruism. Because earth can, is the safety that earth provides us, that safety can, that the earth can nourish everybody. So if we feel that we are nourished, we feel the safe. We feel safe and we don't feel anxious and overworking our mind. Right. And then the last season is uh, the metal season, according to the Chinese, the ether, according to the ancient Greeks. And it's the alchemical process of doing the whole, uh, you know, doing the, the work and being there that we assimilate what we've learned. What happens in nature in the fall? The trees let go of their leaves, but they stay, you know, they keep on the juices that will help them flourish again. So this is the process. This is the process that we have to do in, in the fall time. We have to let go of, not, of what no longer serves us. We have to, um, and what, what would be the emotion there if we have, you know, we have to let go of what, you know, and we have to say goodbye to some things that didn't work or some people in our life that they have no longer reason to be part of that. What, what is the feeling? That's there? sadness. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. You know, that sadness, that's grief, that's melancholy. And then again, we have to express that, you know, and our society, as we said before, for anger does not really allow us to express sadness and and mourning you know, in Greece and in, in some Mediterranean countries, when someone dies, um, we mourn for three days. And we have special ladies that would tear their clothes up and will help everybody express their sadness and their grief. If we don't do that, then we end up in depression. So every emotion has to be expressed in order to be able 
to transform the energy of the element into higher. If we don't express it, it becomes frustration in wood, it becomes uh, cruelty in fire, it becomes, you know, uh, here in, 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 uh, in, in the fall season, in the metal, it will become um, depression. Right. And, and that, in and of itself, I mean, this is wonderful getting the tour, but also uh, just that statement in itself is, is so profound when you think about the levels of, of depression right now, especially in Western societies, right? It, this is blocked grief for so many of us and we don't, exactly. and we don't, and we exactly. don't see it. And, and we go from frustration to grief because they, you know, there's a special relationship between the two. So we go from frustration to that. So it is important to express our emotions. And 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 and, um, and uh, metal is has to do with the lungs, so grief stays in the lungs. We cannot breathe properly, and we get shorter and shorter breaths, and then we don't live. So, um, I want to say something about the inspiration for the feel alive um, that we're doing now in, in, at Euphoria. It is that through the pandemic and through the lockdown, first of all. We, there was so much fear, uh, but even more, there was grief. And because we were alone, we were not able, and we don't know how to express that, that got stuck into us. And got, you know, and we were more vulnerable to COVID because of, of, of the emotional state of our lungs. And also when the world start, started opening up, it was like we were afraid to take ah, a big breath. We were telling small breaths, you know, because we were really afraid to start living again. And that's what we wanted. That was the message that we, we started this summer. We're, we're continuing this fall is that we have the uncertainty of COVID. COVID is there. It's not going to be gone even next year. So we have to find a way to be happy and accept and live our life at the fullest with this uncertainty. In a way, it's kind of what I said, and it's much more difficult when you're doing chemo, that even during chemo, life can be beautiful. Even through difficulties, life can be beautiful. So even more now, we have to start feeling alive again. We have to start seeing people. We have to travel, take our precautions and, you know, do whatever we can and whatever one feels that, but start living again. It's like, we are like this, waiting, waiting, waiting. But that is detrimental to our bodies and even more detrimental to our soul. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, obviously, people have the opportunity to go out and it sounds like to your, you know, to your, your wonderful retreat, but also just, just at home. Like, this yes, is such an important yes. message. Feel, feel your feelings. And yeah, that's, a, you know, just a huge message of this podcast is like feel your feelings but also the way you tie it into this in the spiritual that's been entirely my experience the more i've been able to grieve and let go and 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 feel into myself the the greater the opening i have for these these higher practices right and this, exactly. these higher meditations we, are like, how we, we say that that goes like that the the ekremes the Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry for my English. You know, we have, if we have, um, and we move something from the one side to the other. Um, these the are pendulum. Aspect, the pendulum. Okay. Sorry. If we have the pendulum, if you move, uh, the, the further you move to the one side, the further it will move to the other side. So the further you experience grief and, and lower frequency emotions, 
the further you will experience the higher emotions like passion and love and gratefulness and, 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 and kindness. But if you end up with a pendulum, which is just like that, it's like a little bit of fear, a little bit of life. And, yeah. and then we grow old and life has gone and we realize that we're just. Yeah. Which, which is interesting from, from me, just reflecting on, on you and your personality and what you've told about me. It seemed to me like you did have like these big swings and you were able to feel passion and yes. strong intent. And and yet there was still and some fear. part of you that was and, blocked, yeah. I suppose, or some, something was yeah. going on, right, for you. I yeah, I try not to block myself, you know. I still try mm. not to block myself. So it's it's this outward personality that people feel when they're in euphoria and they feel that, something is happening there that you know you know the juices are flowing again right right yeah and uh and and what so what's your experience of people when they do the work with you like <laughs> what are some of the things you see i mean i see it's interesting we as i said we were doing retreats for more than 10 years 12 years with mary but when we do them at euphoria it's so much more powerful the land is so much powerful what we do there is so much powerful. We do retreats in three days and we really feel people that are transforming. And 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 for me, that's a joy. You know, when they say, oh, my God, thank you for for doing that. Thank you for walking the path with us. I mean, you feel them in the eyes. You know, we, we talked about fire element. You see the fire in the eyes. So when you see bright eyes, you feel the fire in the person, that this person is alive. And we see that change. It's not the kilos they lose, but it's the glow in, the, in, in their skin, but most importantly, in their eyes. So for me, that's a pleasure. And it's, it's a great opportunity because we're having our next Feel Alive retreat, which is starting on Friday. So I'm oh, geared wow. up for okay. that. Yes. So people flying in every from month. Uh, yeah. across the world. Yeah, we're doing that. We're doing another one in uh, November and another one in December. We're trying to do that one month, you know, one uh one per month but it's not just a retreat so but it's also the activities we do like you know we introduce dance and capoeira and free up your voice and 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 forest bathing and um picnics and treasure hunts we introduce these things in, into our daily free activities so that people even if they don't join the retreat they do that in their pace and uh, and, and something else about time time has to do with the earth element and and uh, we talked about being cor- in corporate world. You are so stressed about time and about goals. We ask people to take their times when they eat. You know, we have breakfast there for four hours. Lunch is another three hours. So people stay at the terrace and, you know, they, they look at the beautiful valley and they talk with people. So it's take your time. You know, if if, if you go to a spa and it's work, schedule after schedule, because you have to do the other treatment and you cram in, as many treatments, then it's again doing the same thing what you're doing home, but in a nicer environment with nicer food. But take your time. If you don't take your time, how are you going to interact with your precious self? Yeah, that 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 sounds wonderful. It just reminds me of skiing holidays, right? We go from this frenetic like yes. work in the city, and then we're all queuing yeah. and fighting to get on the yeah. lift, and yeah. get down the hill yeah. as fast as we can, right? And yeah. get, get to the chalet for and lunch travel and... and travel and go from the one place to the other to the other. You know, again, this fast pace. And now Earth is saying, guys, you cannot do that. You know, if you want to travel, 
slow travel, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, no, no, I love it. And, and I suppose what's also interesting is that, that, that people may, and, and certainly sometimes I have this thought, right? Yes, but, you know, this goal orientation, this material or orientation is, has given us these, these great treasures in life, right? What we, we've manifested, right, in terms of our material reality. But of course, it wasn't like the ancient Greeks weren't capable of creating beautiful things in the world, right? Exactly. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like they were incapable of, transforming material reality <laughs> exactly and they did i mean they didn't you know whatever they did was harmoniously um aligned with the environment it was not huge i mean greeks didn't do the pyramids which were great but they are huge but did the parthenon is 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 you know it is as it is it has perfect harmony that's the beauty and the ancient greek statues have this harmony this balance this sense of moderation, which, yeah. you know, we're trying to, to talk about today. Yeah, exactly. And what I love here is the way that we're, we're approaching it is in this holistic way, because what we often, I think there's, a, there's a, an understanding in society, right, that we're not operating in a way that's harmonious with, let's say, you know, the, the earth or the environment. But then we'll just talk about that, right? And then we'll just talk about, oh, you know, we, well, we need to reduce our carbon emissions or we need to, do yeah. this with our cars you know we don't come like all the way out and look at you know holistically or terror you know our lives and our or our orientation to our you know environment right and we 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 sort of focus on problem reaction solution as opposed to coming kind of all the way back to who we are that's something i observe uh, you're absolutely right and uh, i will go back again in the lockdown lockdown gave us an opportunity to do that. And then again, uh, we got out of it, you know, in a way that we forgot what we learned and we went back to the old ways and we stayed with the fear and with the grief, but we didn't, you know, we didn't stay with the good things that we learned about that. And, and, and it's important. It happened, COVID happened for a reason. So there are lessons to be learned there. Yeah. Well, I would say we stayed with the fear and not the grief, right? We didn't do the grief. I think that's part of the problem yeah, is we haven't. The fear. We You're right. We, we haven't not done even the grief. The grief. Yes, yeah. not even the grief. <laughs> if we were all grief, if we yes. were all at home grieving, you know. And I know what people are, you know, Richard, you know, I, it's always like you can hear the, the naysayer, you know, we can't just spend our whole days, you know, just crying and grieving. And of course that's true, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's so important that we do do that as well. And scream, sometimes scream, you know, do, yeah. you know, scream, scream a lot. If you're in the car, it's so liberating to, to scream or punch a pillow, do something. And we could do that now. We could turn off our camera on Zoom. Yeah! We could press pause <laughs> and we could go beat the cushion. You can't do that in the office. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Oh, well, this has been, uh, yeah, one, one wonderful conversation, Marina. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it, was, so, it has a nice flow. You know, we took our time again. <laughs> yeah, we took our time. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was great to hear your story. And I like, I had a very cursory look at the, the five elements before. So it was good to, yes. to hear okay, it from so someone you, you who's worked with them. Bit, everybody learned a little bit about the five elements, but they are, they're fascinating, really fascinating. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. And, and so we'll certainly put uh, links to to the retreat uh you know in the, in the notes for the 
for this episode. Is there anywhere else you would, you would send people who are interested in, in any of the themes we've spoken about? Um, oh, anywhere else I would send to the, people, uh, you know, the, the, the other resources or anything that you would like suggest people go to. Other you know, resources. Based on what I mean, there's some, um, Mm, that's a good that's a good question. Um, I, I really believe that some some form of of uh, of uh, non lateral movement of the body it is important. Not I mean jogging and 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 swimming are lateral movements. So you need non lateral movements. Dancing, um, gyrotonics. There are ways which are not lateral because if you don't move your body in a non lateral way, it opens up your mind. And it's something that they can do at home. So I would, I, you know, I would, if, I would say something. Put on guys, put on the music, and and dance. I mean, that's the best healing that you can do, and you can do it right at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Don't get searching on the internet. Just put the music on and dance. Yeah. Yeah. There we I are. You know. Good. Long All right. Singing non-lateral movement. Yeah, non-lateral movement. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, yeah, that's 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 very true, and I certainly find that with um, yoga and um, other just all sort of more primal workouts is that it gets yes, my emotions exactly. moving in a, in a different way. Yeah, Osho has requested that a lot of that kind of work, and uh, and 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 also another thing that now you're mentioning, I really believe in energy medicine, which is our um, a way that we learn to work with our bodies with our hands. Um, I mean, we don't have to be Chinese doctors, but we can use, um, do some acupuncture, some self-pressure. Like, you know, for example, here, it is an important, uh, large intestine for is a very important um, point that uh, for headaches and for uh, unblocking our intestines, you know, little things like that, that you can find in the end, in, in the internet, how to work with yourself, small things that you can do are so important. And yeah, for those just listening, your... Marina was just pressing in between her thumb and finger, right? Yeah. For people who are just yeah. on audio. Yeah. yeah. First finger. Yeah, sorry. And you were saying, like, you can search for? Um, no, you can search energy medicine. I mean, uh, yeah. you can search a, a lot of tools that can help you with that. Yeah. 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 Great. Good. All right. Oh, <laughs> well, good. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for being so open. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, uh, generous. Yeah. Thank well, you. And I hope to see you some in, at Euphoria. And, and, <laughs> and uh, first of all, you, Richard, to, to see you there, talk a little bit more about that. And, and uh, I'd love to come out. Your, yeah. I've got, yeah. I've got a kids allowed. My kids are four and a half now. No, 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 no. You need to, you know, I love kids, but no, kids over no. 12 because. <laughs> Yeah, you have to relax. You know, you need a peace. You know, you don't have to take care of your kids. You have to take care of yourself. So yeah, no, <laughs> I know. All right. Well, maybe they're, when they're a bit older, that sounds uh, sounds wonderful. Okay. Exactly. Good. All right. Well, thank you once again. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye, everybody. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Marina. What an inspiring uh, woman she is, and and what a journey she's been on wanted to let you know that next Thursday a friend and colleague of mine Claire North are going to be running a workshop the five intelligences foundations workshop where we're going to explore interoception proprioception 
exteroception, emotional intelligence and conceptual intelligence and how those five neural networks together, so both within our body and without, uh, combine uh, to enable us to have bigger impact as leaders, uh, enhance our sense-making, give us more options for action. 75 minutes next Thursday, four o'clock British summer times. If you'd like to join us, uh, please head along to leadinginsideout.online. That's leadinginsideout.online. You'll find the details of the workshop. Love it if you join us and if that resonates with you. Cheers.